amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, and welcome to New Business Paradigms. I'm Christy Jansen, Chief of Staff at the World Business Academy, and I'm here with Ronaldo Brudico, the Academy's president and founder. Benjamin Schwartz, our assistant producer, is here at the controls. The World Business Academy is a nonprofit dedicated to elevating the consciousness of people in the business community and encouraging business leaders to use their power and influence to take greater responsibility for the communities and the environment their work touches. We are recording this show on September 1st, 2019. And before we get going, I would like to invite our listeners to reach out to us at info at worldbusiness.org if you have questions or comments about the show today, or if you have anything you would like for us to discuss in the future. We'd love to hear from you. As always, you can listen to us on the go using Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Just search World Business Academy. Also, I would like to remind everyone that we have a new weekly radio show, Solutions News. Send us a note if you'd like to find out how to listen to that. So, Ronaldo, what's on the agenda for today? Well, and I think maybe it's a good time to tell people that we're doing this every two weeks now. We are. That's right. So this right. is the half-hour version so of the show every version. two weeks. We, we sort of missed two shows in August being recorded, but we will be doing this um, this weekend, or this week, and two weeks, and then two weeks after that, every other week, yep. basically. Yeah, and, and um, to see how people like it. I hope, please let us know how you're enjoying the uh, every other week format. Um, we, we like doing it. It's a half hour. It actually goes very quickly, but it does stay more current, and we don't have to wait a whole month to get to it. So with that, let me launch into a couple things right now. Uh, obviously, um, the press has covered this enough, so we don't need to talk about Gilroy or El Paso or Dayton or the new crisis in Midland Odessa that happened on uh, September 1st. But um, I think it's important to look at the level of violence in the American society at this point is so overwhelming that at some point people are going to have to ask this question. And, and, and by the way, I'm troubled by where I think a lot of the violence is coming from. But the question they have to ask themselves is, are we willing to live in this country where um, one of the hottest selling back to school items is bulletproof backpacks for children? Uh, are we willing to live in a country where uh, duck and cover drills are what first graders have to learn how to do and live in fear, both when they leave home, they might not see their parents again, and their parents have to live in fear that they might not see their children again. Uh, seems like it's gone a little far. Uh, seems like when you have uh, seven people dead in Midland, Odessa from one crazy guy, and you know dozens of people injured, you've got dozens of people dead and injured from El Paso, three dead in Gilroy, uh, I forget what the date and count was nine or something. It's, it was in, it, yeah, it just, it keeps, but and then the know, injured were in the in the in the dozens. In the dozens. So, yeah. so the whole point of it is, it's clear this has gone too far, and I'm not sure at what point people are going to say enough. Clearly, a very small group of manufacturers, the gun industry, are behind this carnage, and they want to keep selling weapons at any cost. It's clear that they don't even want to let up on the idea of universal background checks, which what, 93% of the public wants. It's clear that they don't, they don't want red flag laws, which probably 85% of the public wants. And red flag laws are 
when um, you have the ability to seek a court order to have someone's gun removed who is just an imminent threat to themselves or others, particularly in cases of domestic violence, but also in the cases of suicide prevention. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I think, both. It's both. It, it, but it's, I think the, the, the real issue is probably domestic violence. And, and, and people who have expressed issues with society that indicate mental incapacity not severe enough to be in, uh, brought into uh, involuntary confinement, but who should be removed from firearms at that point. Uh, clearly, people who can't fly because they're per perceived to be terrorists should not be able to have guns. Uh, clearly, there's no purpose for an AK-47 except killing human beings in city streets, and therefore, as a military assault weapon, has no purpose whatsoever being legal. Clearly, 100, 100 bullets, in fact, any large magazine, I'd say 20 bullets and above, has no purpose but to kill more people in a shorter period of time, and that's what they're doing. These are military-grade weapons. They're yeah. not for civilians sitting around. And, yeah. and, and, and there's no hunter that's going to tell you that they need an AK-47 to kill a deer. There's no, um, there's no marksman that's going to tell you that they need to improve their, their target practice with an AK-47, because they're not that accurate. They're just bloody deadly. So at some point, people are going to have to like say enough. Maybe what will happen, and this morning there was a very interesting program on TV. Fareed Zakaria did a special on CNN on the rise and continuing power of the white national movement in the United States. And it seems like a lot of this violence now is white nationalist and, and, and white supremacist. And, and, the, and the show that he did today was this morning, and I made a point of seeing it because I was so impressed with how well he articulated all the issues. And when you get right down to it, if you look at the numbers he's reporting, we've never had a problem this big, probably, uh, I'm going to say, since Reconstruction. Uh, and we've never had this much overt white nationalist violence mm -hmm. since the heyday of the Klan back in the 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking about now a level of civil disorder, some of which is just the insanity that comes with crazy people having too many guns. So you get a crazy guy with too many guns, you can end up with people dead real easily. But a lot of it is more d deeply held than that and is more deeply coordinated. Timothy McVeigh, for example was trying to live out the fiction of the Turner Diaries. That's why he bombed, bombed the, the Mira Federal Building. He wanted to be the lead character in the, in the diaries. In fact, he bombed at exactly the time that in the diaries they bombed the FBI building. He did it with the exact same kind of bomb. No, I don't know if I know what the Turner Diaries are. Okay, well, the Turner Diaries is the most uh, common piece of work of I don't want to even call it literature, written document. It's a, it's a book. It's a, it's a novel written by a white supremacist which basically lays out the reasons why you, we have to have a race war. Oh, wow. And um, in fact, it, it, it takes people through various stages of white supremacy till they get to the highest stage of the most dedicated people belong to what's called the order. Okay. okay. Now, I just want to point out that Timothy McVeigh did not use a gun to... No, he used a bomb. And that, no. that was a bomb. So it's not really just the guns. That no, no, the that's what I'm saying it's about the, It's the cultural mentality. That's my point, the violence. And that's what yeah. I'm talking about. It's, so yeah. it's, clearly the gun manufacturers have a private economic interest in selling more guns. That's crazy that we would permit that to even mm -hmm. be in existence. But what's really going on is this violence is partially random and partially it's being catalyzed by hate speech mm -hmm. and by an extraordinarily active internet that is increasingly validating, as are the comments of the President of the United States. Tr Mr. Trump's comments are basically, and this was covered in the show with the, I mean, the, the white nationalists are so happy about Trump because he's articulating 
the legitimacy of their position right. he, for he, a, a superior white race. It raises the, the profile, it raises the level, it gives them a, a platform that they haven't had. It gives them legitimacy. In modern and, it, times. And, and all of a sudden, whereas, let's say, for example, after the civil rights movement, when the Klan dramatically decreased and shrunk, and we, we went had a dramatic decrease in, in white nationalist violence, because it was perceived to be like, oh, so overdone, so over, so like, Wait a minute. We're bigger than that. We're better than that. We can we can we can link with hands with our our black brothers and sisters and not feel like we got to kill them because they're vulgarizing the race. And 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 in this show this morning, he did a great job also of pointing out that there is uh, a Craig Ventner, who, as you know, is the guy who decoded the human gene genome, was quoted as saying there is absolutely zero evidence whatsoever, and there's a ninety nine point nine percent certainty that the evidence can't exist, that there is no intellectual difference based on any racial characteristic. What racial characteristics have to do with is the amount of time you spend in the sun, or your ancestors did actually. So the more time you spend in the sun, the, the more melanin, in which case the darker your skin, et cetera, et cetera. So why am I bringing this up? Because we're heading on a collision course of violence, which reminds me of Germany in the 30s. Uh, I think that the, and I'm gonna switch in topics in a minute to uh, what's going on with climate change. But climate change is going to create additional pressures on e even more social pressures on both migration, which means political pressure, particularly mm -hmm. in Europe and in, in the U.S. And it's going to result, it looks to me like, even more violence coming. Uh, and so when Ray Dalio says on, on his uh, interview in, on um, 60 Minutes a couple weeks ago that he thinks there's a 65% probability that our current economic malaise which means, uh, in his terms, the, the the rich have just gotten too rich, and, and we've yeah. destroyed the middle class. We've got the to close that gap. Economic inequalities and the, the economic and the, inequality. The, Dalio Sanders a sixty five percent chance of violence, and this is what he's talking about. He's talking about the acceleration of this violence. Okay, so I'm concerned about it. I think you people need to realize this show is about economics, business, and society. The economics of violence is really bad for business. Mm -hmm. And it's really bad for society. And so if we didn't talk about it, we'd be ignoring sort of like the, the, the elephant in the living room. So we've got to talk, we've got to call out this violence. Is It's not only antithetical to who we are as human beings and who we are as conscious, loving human beings. It's antithetical to a successful economy. So if we really don't want to have the economic problems get worse that are coming at us, we need to realize that part of why those problems are coming are self-induced and will be aggravated by this condition of violence mm -hmm. and aggravated by climate change. And I think the condition of violence, all of these things are also aggravated by political decisions that are being made. Yeah, clearly. Um, at the highest level. It's at the highest level. And, you know, not just by Trump. I mean, Salvini in Italy, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, uh, there's an extremely raw, strong uh, neo-Nazi movement now in Germany. Uh, there's a small one in Sweden. There's a Fairly good sized one in, of course, the U.S. is the leader in it. And, and the U.S. has been the place where it's gotten articulated the most. I mean, the guy that's, uh, that did the shooting in New Zealand yeah. is quoting U.S. sources. And then U.S. sources that did the shooting in El Paso quoted the guy in New Zealand. Yeah, well, so it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 what I'm saying is this has now become a connected network. And there's, at some level, the U.S. government is saying this is okay. Right. It's a wink and a nod. It's okay. And it's because I believe Trump wants to keep his base intact. I can't watch that happen and not speak up. It would be immoral. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it would be extremely unwise. And Nazism was largely influenced by the American eugenics movement. Yes. And so Americans have been 
a part and parcel in this kind of uh, dialogue for, for yeah. generations. It's, it's interesting you mention that. That was also on the show that he did this morning. Okay. And he, does, he traces and, the history of the eugenics movement, how right. it was created, and, why I mean, it was created, and, uh, how, it, and Hitler, how it fed Hitler. Hitler's one of his like yeah. inspirational documents was a, an American... Who That's wrote right. about? That's exactly um, right. The, That's exactly right. Those things, and about so eugenics. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of that that author right now. But at that time, we had a very different person leading our country. Yeah, the Turner Diaries was written in the seventies, by the way. So it's not an old document, and no. and that someone in the seventies would choose to ignite a race war with a book like that. Um, very very interesting. And and by the way, the the head guy for the over lords, which are the people who are going to fix this by killing all the non-whites, looks just like Jesus in the book. Well, isn't, <laughs> I just want to I have to, isn't that what uh, Manson was trying to provoke? Well, I mean, race war is what they're all war. trying to provoke. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is, that's... that's this, is, this insanity has been yeah. haunting us for Yeah, it's, it's just totally crazy. Time. Okay, so <laughs> let's, I'm going to let that go, but I want to touch quickly on what's going on in the world of climate change. So we are now in a, in a, in a feedback loop where... The climate change crisis is creating more climate change crisis. So in the one end, you get all these fires that are destroying all the Amazon rainforest. And those fires, mostly set by farmers wanting to grow more soya beans because now they can sell them to China because the United States is having a trade war. Heavily supported by Bolsonaro. Heavily supported by Bolsonaro, who is a right-wing neo-Nazi himself and and a white supremacist. So Bolsonaro, his folks are burning the rainforest to grow more stuff. Now, he's just backed off yesterday or day before and said that they're no longer going to encourage burning the rainforest, but they're also not going to stop it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That gives rise to, and there, I think the fires in Indonesia, which, you know, Bolsonaro's fires in the Amazon are choking the city of uh, Sao Paulo over 2,000 miles away. Right. That's how bad these fires are. Okay. And those are the lungs of the planet. And in Indonesia, the fires are being set so they can grow more palm oil, soybeans, and other agricultural crops. And those, uh, as Benjamin, who just got back from uh, there, was telling me earlier today, uh, those fires are so strong, you can, you know, the air in Singapore even from Indonesia is terrible, not mm-hmm. breathable. And that's quite, that's, that's got to be over a thousand miles. So anyway, the, the, that, those, the fires in Spain, I suspect, are spontaneous, meaning those fires are happening because of the heat of climate change. Mm-hmm. I think that the fires in the Arctic are spontaneous, but scary as the Dickens. I mean, that the, that Siberia is on fire, that that Alaska is on fire. I think right. um, it's the worst fire season on record, clearly. And we know that July was the hottest month in the history of, of records ever kept over 100 years. So 50 megatons of carbon dioxide, which is the equivalent of Sweden's total annual emissions, have been released in June alone from the Arctic. This summer, over 600 wildfires consumed more than 2.4 million acres of forest. In Siberia, choking smog... It was emitted from 13 million acres. That's nearly the size of West Virginia. Okay, And it's blanketing the towns and cities. So that we're not only getting bad air, what we're getting is more and more fires. Mm-hmm. And then when you, when you add to that that it's the hottest month in the history of record keeping, then it, what it tells you is it's now feeding on itself. And for Bolsonaro or the Indonesians to be setting more on top of that is the ultimate definition of suicide. It's almost like... If you are about to blow your brains out and you decide to take arsenic for good measure, just trust the fact you're getting one shot will do what you don't need the arsenic to. And, and, it, and I think even Bolsonaro has sort of figured that out at this point. Having said that, let's now translate that to what the economy is going to be doing and is doing right now. First of all, bad news for the Brits. 
So the pound has taken a, a shellacking, as it should and would, and it will continue, by the way. I think it's probably about a dollar, what's it at today, a dollar 20, something like that. Is it really down that far? Oh, yeah, and it's going to keep going down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I will be surprised if it doesn't get to parity after Brexit. If he does a hard Brexit, I'll bet you he gets to parity. And, and just in the last, in this just last month that just ended, billions of dollars literally fled the UK. I mean, it didn't walk out the door. It ran out the door. And that's just the beginning. You know that the um, Canary Wharf, which was the site of probably, I'm going to say, 75% of all of the sophisticated financing, which includes bonds, it includes uh, derivatives, it includes everything. 75% of that came out of Canary Wharf, London. At this point, I would say the official statistic says that 15% of that's gone. I think that's way, way too optimistic. I think it's mm -hmm. way over 15%. And my guess is what will be left on Canary Wharf in another two and a half months, because we're talking about Brexit at the end of October, uh, will be probably less, certainly less than half and could be less than, than um, 40% of the volume of transactions. Now, why that's important? Because all those companies now are moving their headquarters to France or Brussels. Why is that important? Because those are really good paying jobs. Mm -hmm. And they spend a lot of money, those people. Mm -hmm. And they also own expensive flats, which they now can't sell because the flat market in London is collapsing. High-end real estate, all of a sudden people are going, oh my goodness, this is not such a good place to be, which by the way is shoring up the US dollar because of the flight to safety, perceived slight flight to safety, which Trump misunderstands is working in his favor. And in fact, ultimately is gonna work against him, but mm -hmm. he doesn't understand enough about economics to know that. So right now the Brits are really starting to hurt and they ain't seen nothing yet. We're talking, right. if they go hard Brexit, they won't recover for a minimum of a hundred years and that's optimistic. Yeah, and even if they don't end up doing a hard Brexit or any Brexit, that those financial firms are not gonna come back. They're no, not gonna come it, rushing back. Not like back. they did. And the same thing is true with the US, US, by the way. We've now unwound the, the global economy so we no longer control yeah. and run it. We're never gonna go back in the first position. Yes. And at some point we will lose the status of our dollar as the reserve currency. Mm -hmm. No question, that's going down the tubes as well. I mean, China knows that they can't rely well, on us. Well, it's China and it's, it's what's gonna happen. It's Everybody the rest knows. of the world. Not just China, the whole world knows yeah. they can't rely on us. Yeah. So there's gotta be, and they are creating alternatives that we've talked about in the show before. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, the positive news right now, um, and by the way, I think Portugal's doing very well. And one of the reasons is, it's where the Americans are going. The influx of Americans to Portugal is so dramatic right now. And other, other um, nationalities that want to have a place to hide mm -hmm. where you can still buy a loaf of bread for a reasonable amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so Portugal's doing really well. Their, uh, their, their GDP's growing. Their gross domestic product is up about a half a point just in this last quarter. And they're, they're kind of defying the malaise of, you know, Germany's clearly going, is probably in a recession right mm -hmm. now because they've already had one negative quarter. Mm -hmm. I think this quarter will put them over the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, clearly, France is limping along Struggling. a little better than Germany, not a lot. Italy's in the bucket. I mean, it's so far in the tank. It's and We'll talk about that in a moment. But it, So that's all happening. And I've mentioned Indonesia, I forgot to say, under climate change. The, um, uh, the president, uh, jo jo Joko Wododo. No, Joko Wododo. Joko Wododo, thank you. Joko Wododo um, has now announced they're moving the capital of Jakarta to a place where yeah. it won't sink because literally they got 15 million people. Um, it was a marsh to begin with. 
It's under, going it, underwater. It's going underwater, <laughs> and it though. can't be saved that he's smart to move the capital. Yeah. Are they going to do that with Washington, D.C., and Baltimore, New York, and they, Miami? They I really, doubt it, but they're they, going to have to look at that. New York City, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and back, I don't know if people know this, but if anybody wants to know my strategy for this, I designed a system to protect all of the New York metro from up to 260 feet of water. So at some point, I'll explain that on the show, and I'll do some drawings, and it'll be fun. But anyway, the bottom line is, this level of environmental craziness happening when the entire global economy is spinning down. So with the exception of India, which will do about a 5% at least growth this year, and the exception of China, which will probably do about 3.5% this year, it's looking pretty bad everywhere else in the world right now, and it's going to look a lot worse. Mm -hmm. Now, that leads me to a couple of quick comments about gold, and I want to do this under the concept of financial literacy. We've recommended purchasing gold on the show for the, more than the last year now, and I continue to get people calling me and asking questions. Gee, is it time to sell the gold I bought yet, since we're now over $1,500 an ounce? And the answer is no, it's time to keep buying. <laughs> uh, I just bought some more as recently as last Friday. And the reason is because the degree of instability globally right now is so large, everybody's going to start to realize that as that instability comes home to roost, the value of gold is going to be even more precious. And when you got people like Ray Dalio saying you should begin thinking about switching your portfolio to gold, you, you know that's a very powerful mm -hmm. thing. So we've, and, and, and since we've started recommending, I don't know, gosh, last October, whatever it was, a year ago, October, but just in the last year alone, it's gone up 26%. And someone asked me, gee, well, can, can it get heaped up at that basis? I think it's going to exceed that in the next 12 months. I think it's going to go up more than 25% in the next 12 months. But anyway, so keep buying. It's, 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 your, it's your safest refuge in what's the, sanity, the insanity that's coming. But I want to tell you, we've talked many times about a GLD, which is a, an ETF that uh, has gold in it. I want to give you two other ways to buy gold today that are really important because I believe in gold as a metal has to back what you actually own, even though you don't want to own the metal itself. But what you do want is what's called an ETC as opposed to an ETF. ETF is an exchange-traded fund. An ETC is an exchange-traded commodity, in this case, gold. And what I wanted to do is to give people that knowledge so that they would know if they go to a broker, like they go to, you know, Schwab, they'll know what to ask for. And then I also wanted to give people a couple of specific recommendations for very, very efficiently managed gold funds. So where you own the gold, the gold is actually physically present, but not in your wallet because you don't want to have to pay the insurance or have the risk that someone will steal it. You want someone else to be holding that physical gold, and you want them to pay to charge you to let have a proportionate share of it by investing it in an ETC. I'm going to give you two rec recommendations. One is Granite Shares Gold Trust, which has one of the lowest, if not the lowest, charges. So it's it's a 0.175 percent charge, which is extremely low, is all the manager charges if you buy that. So when you buy Granite Shares Gold Trust, but for the 0.175, you're getting pure gold, backed by pure gold, which is great. It means no gold stocks and nothing. The other one I'm going to give you, so you got two to choose from, is State Street Gold Mini Shares. Uh, I think that launched in 2018. Uh, it has also has a very low uh, load factor of 0.18, so it's almost identical to Granite Shares, which is Started, I think, in 2017. As a, re as a result of that, um, gold mini shares um, from State Street, you can't possibly go wrong. I don't know Granite Shares as a company as well. Mm -hmm. I have complete confidence in State Street as a company. So if you're willing to pay just a tiny, tiny bit more, that's probably your best bet to buy gold bullion. And I would recommend it to you highly. Now, 
that the financial literacy part about that is when you're buying the bullion, you're not taking delivery of the gold itself. You're taking a piece of someone else who's holding that gold for you. So you don't have the insurance costs and you don't have the risk mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's what's going on in the economy today. If you have stocks, sell them. They're going down. They're not going up. Uh, what you'll see is that the, um, the Dow Jones uh, and the S&P 500, in my humble opinion, are going to continue to go sideways and down for the foreseeable future, which means well past the end of this year. Uh, so why be in the middle of all that craziness? I think the bond markets are still going to have a lot of trouble sorting themselves out for the reasons I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, the yields are so low in the bond market now mm-hmm. that you can actually do better holding a passive asset like gold than you can trying to hold a bond, which is kind of crazy. That but is. It's true. And the inversion of the yield curve continues to perplex everybody. Now, I just want to talk about Italy for a second and Salvini. I'm so happy that this guy Salvini who is himself, a, he is a neo-Nazi, he's, he's very proud of, of, his, um, uh, of his alt-right political philosophy of his party. He thought because he outpolled the um, five-star party uh, in the last uh, by-elections, he was going to be able to force them out of the, the government. So he called for the collapse of the government so he could then take over and be able to run Italy without having a, a partner, so to speak. And it looks like it's backfiring on him. I want people to watch this carefully for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is I think Italy is going to pull it off. I think the warring factions in Italy's political system, which have historically not been able to get together, now understand that their common enemy, which is Salvini, is greater than that which divides them. If they can come together and build a... Uh, a working government. A compromise coalition. Yeah, which would be number 66, I think, since World War II. Again, Italy coming. Every other every other month, basically, yeah, is a new they, government. Italy huh? has perfected the, the art of governing <laughs> without a government. I mean, it's amazing. Um, then if that happens, then there can be some real progress on the collapse of the debt. Right now, the, 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 the Italian bonds are just, I mean, they're falling so fast you can't hardly really keep track of it. It's putting massive strains on the Canadian banking, uh, the uh, Italian, Italian banking system. <laughs> and as a result, watch Salvini. If, that, if the Italians come out in the right way, it will give France and Germany the beginnings of a solution to how to try and rebalance Europe. I don't see anything in the immediate future that's positive, like can they stop the recession? No. The U.S.'s trade war is going to cause that to happen. So until the trade war with China is over, the recession is going to continue to build in Europe as it continues to build in the U.S. and ultimately in other countries around the world. So that's not a happy prescription. It's what's happening. Uh, I look forward to people sending me questions or comments or otherwise uh, trying to get a hold of us with uh, thoughts or questions. But uh, we're going into an extraordinarily negative economic time. We're going into a a very bad recession. Uh, There's not much I can see that could stop it at this point unless there was an immediate end to the Chinese trade war. Mm-hmm. And if there were an immediate end of the Chinese trade war, I think Wall Street would use that as an excuse to try and whistle by the graveyard for a bit longer. And that would keep the recession at bay for a little longer. Mm-hmm. But I see the recession is kind of baked in now. <clears throat> and it's it's only going to be worse if the trade war continues. It probably doesn't go away. And the reason for that is because Brexit's coming. So we got October 31. So if the trade war stopped Tuesday, and it won't, that only gives you two months between the end of the trade war and the beginning of Brexit. And it strikes me that in the last 30 days before Brexit, the amount of craziness that will be coming out of the UK, uh, you just saw two major 
conservatives dropped out of the cabinet of John, Boris Johnson's cabinet. One of them is the woman who represents the Conservative Party in Scotland, who's mm -hmm. now broken with the UK. So you're looking at the UK probably breaking up. Uh, we've already, we, Boris Johnson, I don't know why he thought he could put the same deal in front of the UK, in front of the EU that Theresa May did and get a different result. Isn't that a definition of insanity, I think? You know, yeah, that was... Doing the same thing over and over, saying, expecting a different expecting result? Expecting a different result, yes. so, so they already shot it down. I said, that's, of course we're not going to leave the back door to Ireland open. What are you, crazy? I mean, that's, we can't do that. So, yeah. so it, was, it, was, it was rejected by initially... A, I think it was a phone call. It, wasn't even, it, was like, it didn't even take a meeting. It's like, oh, no thanks. <laughs> no go thanks. back. This go back, crazy. try again. So keep your eye on Brexit. Uh, in two weeks, we'll, go, we'll do an update on how Brexit is affecting things uh, I'm delighted that India is continuing to do well, particularly given uh, what could have been the situation over Kashmir. And uh, there's a lot more to say about Kashmir. We're not going to have time on this show. I'm fascinated by what happened. I think there's more good things that could come out of it than bad, actually. And I know I'm not, that puts me in a minority right now. Uh, I'm hoping and praying that there is no military altercation between Pakistan and India. If there isn't, this end, may end up in a very good way with Kashmir then reincorporated into India on, on the same basis as every other Indian state. And why I'm particularly pleased about that is because their constitution already provides a way. People don't realize that unlike the Palestinians, for example, who have no Jewish rights, who are not members of the Israeli society, mm -hmm. basically are stateless, everybody in Kashmir is an Indian citizen, I mean, mm -hmm. with full citizenship rights. And this huge gap that's been created between India and Pakistan is not a good thing long-term when both are nuclear armed. Somebody had the blink. And because Khan went to see Trump and Trump said, oh, I'll get in there, I'll fix it for you. Modi said, oops, if Trump's coming to fix it, I better move now, mm -hmm. and did. So the precipitating factor was actually Trump in this case, but probably a good thing that it's going to be done because it can't stay like that forever mm -hmm. in, a, in a state of suspended armed mm -hmm. animation. Like the show we did on Friday for Solutions News with the mutually armed destruction. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a kind of mutually a Mutually sure dis destruction. Mutually sure destruction. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's got to come to an end. And the sooner the better because we're getting more nuclear armed states every day. And we got a very real risk that there's going to be a serious confrontation, much worse than we've experienced today in the Middle East, probably in 2020, but we'll see where it goes. And... Um, I'm just, I'm very, very concerned with all this negative information that people protect themselves, take no risks in the marketplace. If you have debt and you can pay it down, consider doing that. If it's fixed debt over 10, 20, 30 years and it's low enough, meaning below 5%, don't worry about it. If it's below 5%, you might want to pay it off because inflation is running at less than 2%. So you're actually paying mm -hmm. to have debt now, which is unusual. Usually it, debt pays you. Now it's reversed. So um, I would urge people to consider doing debt pay down, of course, starting with your credit cards. I'm very happy that um, the new Warren proposal will cap credit card interest at 15%. That's interesting. Yeah, I just had to help my son with a, a very, he, he got into some credit card debt and there's no way he was going to crawl out. It kept getting worse every month, even though he wasn't charging. And uh, so we had to arrange a loan for him to pay it off with normal debt. And it's miraculous. I mean, when you substitute 6% debt for 25% debt, how fast it changes your economics. So he's going to come out of it all right. But, uh, you know, if we hadn't been able to guarantee that debt, he wouldn't have. And that's what a lot of people get themselves in trouble mm -hmm. with. Uh, I'm also very pleased at the idea of eliminating student debt. I think that's a really great thing. Uh, and the idea that everybody can go to at least four years of college for free in this country, 
I believe is way overdue. So there's a lot of things we could do and may do if this crisis leads us to a place where we really have a complete breakdown and we go, okay, that didn't work. What do we want to do to change it? And I'm hoping that we'll see that level of commitment within the next six months emanating from the Congress and other places. And I guess with that, we're probably out of time at this point. I'm grateful everybody tuned in. And please let us know what you want us to cover and we'll be happy to cover it. We try to give you enough information about what the politics of the planet's doing, the global economy's doing, where you can put your money in gold to be safe, um, how to hold what is going on and what to be watching between these shows for your own benefit. And as I said, let us know if there's anything we can help you with, but I'm really grateful that we had this time today and look forward to it in two weeks once again. She was almost perfect up until the end. Um, can you do just so I have it the beginning of the section about State Street Gold? That way, there'll, there'll be a section that I'll have to fix. Oh, I, I think I did it again, didn't I? I, I yeah, think you, I gave, you, you got a you got a, a hole there. Yeah, I did, but I just want you to do the beginning part again, so I can add if I need to. So I'm doing both, then, okay? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So let me start. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.